At home, we have this picture of uh, uh, my father, different picture than the one I showed the children this morning, up on the wall. It's taken when he was about 10 or 12, and it is amazing the resemblance that he has to our older son, Sarah and my older son, Ben. People who have come into our house have thought it was actually a photo of Ben, like an old, oldie black and white photo of Ben. Uh, many of us, I'm sure you have had, people throughout your lives say to you, you like, look like this person or, or that person. You have so-and-so's chin or you have her eyes or his cheeks or whatever, or whatever you, 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 you have been identified as the result of someone. Uh, for some people, there's no mistaking their roots. And for the most part, it's good to remember uh, where or who we come from. It helps us to understand uh, who we are. My mother and father used to say at times in my life growing up, as you can imagine, what's got into you? Uh, I won't tell you why they would say that to me, but they would say it to me often. And now as an adult with a fuller picture of, of the stories of their lives, I realized when they said that to me, I should have said, it's you, you have got into me. Uh, I am who I am because of you. And what a blessing it was for me that that happened uh, in my life. So during this past week, reflecting on Memorial Day and on the graduations that have happened this past week, I've seen that it is important for us to remember those who make us us and who are eternally connected to us. How they and the experiences that we have in our life define not only our past but our present and our future. What we've learned from them what has been passed on to us is a living inheritance that we can't ignore. It goes far deeper than what our nose looks like, or our ears look like, or our chin looks like. Uh, Jesus, in our Gospel lesson from the Gospel of John that Sarah read from earlier, wants you to know that you have another inheritance that should not be ignored. Uh, that also defines who you are. Yes, you are the child of Bill or Dorothy. You're the child of Sam or Sue. You're the child of Mary or Mark. You're the child of, and you can fill in the blank. But you are also a child of God. What's got into you is the living presence of God. And how important this is because life is not easy. We experience violence uh, close to home or far away. We are the victims of decisions that are made outside of our control or victims of choices we have made. We uh, have uncertainty and anxiety in our life. Our lives individually and collectively are filled with good and with bad. 
And those histories are a part of us, but they do not need to define us or define our future. And I was thinking about this, I was reminded of this while listening to Jason Supporti this past Friday of the No No Boy Project, uh, who performed here in a benefit uh, for Justice for Our Neighbors, that organization that helps immigrants and refugees, both documented and undocumented, with, with free legal advice. Jason's a Vietnamese American who, through his singing and storytelling, uh, which is inspired by his own family's history living through the Vietnam War in Vietnam, reminds us of our collective history as a country. I actually encourage you to look at nonoboyproject.com and to hear some of his powerful songs and powerful words. He reminded us about our country's history, including things like the Vietnam War, things like Japanese internment camps, that are as much a part of our history as, as George Washington both the bad and the good, a part of our collective history. We are called to let that history be a part of who we are. But we're also called to learn from our past failings. And, for instance, not to build new internment camps along our southern border in Mexico, which we, in fact, are doing again. So how do we as a nation learn, understand that the past is part of who we are, but also understand the powerful reality we can be free to frame a new future, learning from that past. And the same is case for us, the case for us as individuals. Our history as individuals are a part of us, but it does not need necessarily to define us or our future. The living God in us offers us new life in freeing us to live into that future that God hopes for us. What does that mean for you today? What makes you you is something far more than the faults and failings and troubles of your past. Also, what makes you you is much more than the, than the past successes and accolades you've had. Start, I'm starting to feel like I'm giving a graduation speech, actually. Um, but uh, what I'm not going to say to you is uh, that you hold the future only in your hands. What I'm not going to say to you is that you can, on your own, reach all your dreams. Because you're a part of something greater. And you have within you something far deeper and more important than that. I bring you good news today that probably a lot of graduation speeches don't share, that you can have a faith in a God that calls you God's own. You can have faith today in a God that loves you 
with a depth that you can let define you and that you can let lead you into the future that God holds for you. If you can move past the shallow definitions of what makes you you that's so tempting for us and maybe that you even heard in some graduation speeches in your past. Remember those people in your life who have helped to define your life. You remember them not because of the awards or because of the failures, but because of a depth of love that defined their being that was poured into you. You remember them not because of the car they drove or the house they lived in, but because of a light that shone for you even in your darkest day. So the question we need to ask ourselves as we move toward our graduation to tomorrow or to whatever tomorrow might be for you, as you move to your graduation, is what are you leaving the people in your life to remember you by? What will the children or the grandchildren, the brothers, the sisters, the friends, the people in your life, think about someday out in the future when you are gone? What type of inheritance will you leave them? You know, so many people spend so much time and resources planning for their children's future, investing for their children's or their grandchildren's future, and don't get me wrong, this is a good and loving thing to do, but it has to be more than that for the people we share love with. What are we investing in those people's lives? Have you talked about God? Have you talked about your faith? Have you talked about your questions? Have you talked about your wanderings and wanderings within your spiritual journey? Have you opened up your heart and said what you worry about, what you hope for, what you dream for? Have you shared with people what your faith, what a community of faith offers to you? Not necessarily all the answers, but people to journey with, people to question with, people to wonder with? What type of firm foundation are you offering to the people who you hope will be strong, who, will, who you hope will take on life with all of its abundance after you are gone, after you've graduated and aren't around anymore? This is important long-range planning. Uh, this is the type of investment that pays eternal dividends. Long after the money is spent and the house has been sold and the car has broken down, there will be the heart filled with love that never ends, a light that will see them through the darkness and inheritance that does not fade. As it says in 1 John, in that fourth chapter, we read from earlier, by the love that we share, we abide in God, we live in God, and God abides in us, God lives in us. What makes us us is not just for us. 
What makes us us needs to be shared, needs to be offered to others. In a few moments, we'll come to communion. Uh, and when we come to communion, in that moment, we, we, we come to remind ourselves of what makes us us of what lives in us, a love symbolically and mysteriously contained in this bread and in this cup that we literally take in. We take inside ourselves to become a part of who we are, to be reminded that it is a part of who we are, that it flow like that little juice and that little bread somehow flows, and I know there's people who know this better than me but here, but somehow becomes a part of who we are. Don't argue with me, just believe it, that bread and juice becomes a part of who we are. Is it our DNA? I don't know. But when we take it in in a mysteriously, in a mysterious way, we're called to remember that this, the body of Christ is in us. So don't ever forget what makes you, you. Let it fill you up. All those people in your life, some who might now rest with God, live in you as does God, the living presence of God alive in you. You have a great inheritance, and it is a love worth sharing. It's a love worth putting in the hearts and the minds and the souls of the loved ones in your life. What makes you, you? Deep. Down. Into your very soul. As folks graduate around you over these last couple weeks, Reflect on that. Think about that. And think about how what makes you you comes alive in your walk. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come before you on this and every day. And we come before you with uncertainties and with challenges. We come before you with, with joys and celebrations. But we come before you, and you come before us, and you come after us, and you live with us on this journey. Help us to feel that living presence. Let it be in every breath we take, and every word we share, and every step we make. Help us to remember what makes us, us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now let's sing together on page 2238 in the Black Faith we sing hymnal, In the Midst of New Dimensions.